Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You uh, Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, uh, and I am a recovered compulsive reader from, uh, from Chicago. And today is Thursday, May 5th, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book, and we're uh, back in Bill's story. We're currently on page one, and we're going to read the fourth paragraph. It starts 22 and a veteran of foreign wars ending with, I would manage with utmost assurance. And we're just going to read that one paragraph. So today's readers are, we have Davalin E on the 12 steps, Valerie B on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text, we have Christina L, we have Abby S, and Benita L. The uh, share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, May 4th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 18,922. That's 18922. The 10 a.m. meeting, 18,923, 18923. The OA Pre-Ramble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. We neither solicit nor accept outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. And then we carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, well, they can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So at this point, I'll ask uh, Davalin E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Davalin. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davalin E., and I am a recovering compulsive overeater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Devlin. Okay, now I will ask uh, Valerie B. to read the 12 traditions. Valerie? Good morning. This is Valerie B., uh, compulsive overeater. uh, Okay, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking or eating. I guess you know which book I'm reading from. Uh, Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, every OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, denying outside contributions. Eight, compulsive over... Um, Overeat is anonymous, should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OA has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, OA, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our purpose, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me move my past. Oh, thanks, Valerie. Much appreciated. Okay, here's how this uh, this meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So what we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're, we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I'll give you a heads up when we get there. And uh, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement <clears throat> for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months. And there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. And this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And, of course, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Uh, if you'd like to share, press star one to unmute. Uh, once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Uh, press star one again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we uh, resume our study of the big book. We are um, in Bill's story. We're on page one. We're reading the fourth paragraph 
It begins 22 in a veteran of foreign wars, ending with, I would manage with utmost assurance. Uh, we're just going to comment on the one paragraph only. And so Christina L. is going to get us started. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. Uh, Christina L. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Florida. 22 and a veteran of foreign wars, I went home at last. I fancied myself a leader, for had not the men of my battery given me a special token of appreciation. My talent for leadership, I imagined, would place me at the head of vast enterprises, which I would manage with the utmost assurance. Um, let me just set my timer real quick. Um, so again, Christina L. from Florida, and I just love this paragraph. This is one of my this is one of my favorites in in Bill's story. And it's not one that I identified in with um, prior to OA. Um, I didn't think much of myself before I came to OA. It was very, um, very much hidden in the world, I would say. Um, and even when I came into OA, I was very, very, very much hidden as much as I could, especially even on this meeting and stuff. And um, it wasn't until about six months into program where someone had said to me after the meeting, um, this wasn't too long after I'd reached 90 days of abstinence, and I, I just, I, I, I finally shared, and I shared from my heart, and it was just like pouring out of me, you know, that pink cloud abstinence kind of thing and stuff. And um, this man said to me after the meeting, he's like, Christina, you are going to be a leader someday. And I tell you, my ego swelled. So a lot of my um, uh identifying in with this paragraph is since I came into program, um, you know, there was so many, it was like I, I, I came to life when I came into program. It, it's, it's amazing. But at the same time, it's like really um, oh, taking me for a ride with my ego and stuff. And, um, you know, there were so many things that I thought that you know, well, this is what God's will is for me. This, you know, maybe this is what God's will is for me. Maybe God wants me to do this, or maybe he wants me to do that. And, you know, I was going to prove to the world just how, um, how uh, amazing that I, I really was and stuff and just make up for my past because I never went to college. I never got a degree. I went to a local community college, but um, I eventually dropped out because I couldn't make up my mind what I wanted to do. Um, I was filled with fear before I came in the program. Um, that was what kept me out of college. And, um, you know, when I, when I came into program and, you know, the food started to get put down and, and I started to seek out what God's will was for me. I was trying to live according to what I wanted, not what God wanted, and trying to make it be what God willed for me. I was I was manipulating and controlling God. And um, it wasn't until this last year that, uh, you know, I, I really just, had a, a fallout and you know thank god i don't have to live that way today anymore um the big book promises on in step 11 you know we are then much less in much less danger of excitement fear anger worry self-pity or foolish decisions we become much more efficient we do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves and you know today i just have to live what god's will is for me today 
and um, and not try to seek it out. You know, God's going to bring it to me whenever, whatever that great reality is. I don't have to go searching for it. And I'm just so very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me be of service, and I hope everybody has a great day. Oh, you too, Christina. Thanks for getting us started on that. And uh, if you just rolled out of bed, we're on page one in Bill's story, where uh, Christina shared on the fourth paragraph on page one. And so we value your experience. We love you, all that good stuff. We ask uh, that you, of course, that you limit your sharing to every third day so others can step in too. So with that, uh, who would like to share? Christina S. Let me uh, stop everyone there, and I'm going to read some names to you. Okay, here's who I heard, and I know I missed someone along the way. So, uh, Tina, Kathy, Nancy, Barbara, Belinda, Loretta. Who did I miss in between? I didn't get all those names. Tina, Kathy, Nancy, Barbara, Belinda, Loretta. Is somebody that I missed? Carmela G. Hope B. Carmela. And Hope? Yes. Okay, let's. And Linda? Was that Linda? Okay. <clears throat> so here's, here's who we'll go with uh, this first round here, you guys. I have Tina, Kathy, Nancy, Barbara, Belinda, Loretta, Carmela, Hope, I believe I heard. And I think it was Linda on the back end. You can give your first initial. And we'll start with, let's go to Florida and start with Tina. Hey, Tina. Thanks so much, Larry. Sure. Tina, compulsive eater. I can have recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. And, uh, wow, you know, what a great, what a great, um, powerful few words that was just, you know, read. And, uh, you know, one of the things, and thanks so much for the lead share that was wonderful you know when I first got here I didn't think myself as a leader any of that kind of stuff by that time you know it's the bottom of the heap you know Uh, but still ego either the top of the heap or the bottom but I can remember when I was in high school you know not and not so much that I fancied myself a leader but I put on this persona that others fancied me as a leader and so therefore I was like yeah this is cool but inside I was always thinking if they only knew if they only knew who I really was and can I pull this off you know so the facade you know for many many years when deep down inside I knew that you know there there was no I may be a leader for a time but look out I may not show up that's what you know would happen if I was in the food then you weren't going to see me that I wasn't going to participate all that kind of stuff and uh you know today you know today it's just it's amazing you know I come in here and and, and initially same thing initially my ego you know was running high until I was beaten down to a state of reasonableness to know that in order to get this thing and live this way of life, you know, I had to have some humility and, and not all the time, you know, not to say that I don't have an ego because I'm sure I do. And some, and at some points it comes out, but today more often than not that I have a little bit of humility that I'm okay with who I am, where I am. And I don't have to lie to you or hide from you. I can just be who I am because I know today that I trudge this road with you all you know, to be of service to God and to those about me. And that's my purpose today. And what am I doing to, and how am I doing that today? But what a great, powerful paragraph. So I'm looking forward to more shares. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina. Okay. And you guys can give your, your uh, last initials on these um, so that we can stalk you and find you. 
Um, we got Kathy followed by Nancy. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. And, um, yeah, I can totally relate with the shares already. Um, and, of course, this paragraph, the idea of fancying myself a leader. Um, I was always – I was never very sure about myself, but I had a lot of dreams. I had a lot of fantasies about who I was going to be. And, and this brings me back to my – well, when I was little, uh, I was going to be on a talk show, famous. And then in college, um, I was going to be, you know, working in an advertising agency at the top VP. So uh, I took classes, you know, entrepreneurial classes and marketing classes that that would be my, just like what he said, um, I imagined, you know, these places where he was at, he was always imagining the step way forward um, to be like these places, this talent for leadership was going to be put him at the head of vast enterprises. So he wasn't in the moment. He was doing things for the future. And that's what I did too. And and I imagined myself upon graduation just being that VP, never mind all the baby steps that have to come first. And so I was humbled because <laughs> it didn't work out that way. And, um, you know, I got a sales position. I was not very good at it because what my problem was, was these fancied ideas these these things that I could manage with utmost assurance, it was all just an image. It wasn't real. I had no substance to back it up. It was just my mind trying to overcompensate for this insecurity that I had. And and it always took me out of the moment. And so, you know, it wasn't until I came into this program and, and even like the prior share, Tina just said, you know, coming into this program, I would listen to people sharing and listen to um, podcasts and and be like, oh man, I, I would love to do that. <laughs> you know, I could imagine what would I talk about and all this stuff. And and then the disease really took hold, and I had nothing. And I got so humbled, it it was like, there's no way in heck I'm ever going to do that. And and really came down to my knees and and got real. I met up with who I really was, and then working these steps, coming into surrender, and just showing up from day one in true authenticity, powerlessness. And then just surrendering every moment over to God. And when I, a lot of my 10 steps are about future events and people remind me, come back to right now. What's a little thing that I can do today to move forward towards that future idea? And then knowing, trusting with, with complete assurance that when that moment comes, I will have everything I need because that is the power of God today in my life and um so and i but i couldn't do it without this fellowship and of course working the steps and and coming to the power of god so with that i pass thank you very much thank you very much kathy okay next up we have nancy followed by barbara nancy good morning good morning larry thank you for letting me share good morning everybody nancy p recovered in west newton massachusetts so this is, you know, as others have said, this is the quintessential problem that I have. I want to start at the end. I want to be places and not get places. And any effort, any lag between when things are hard and when they get easier, I'm not interested in that. So Bill, the guy is 22 with a, bro a special token of appreciation in hand. And the token was probably something like what you'd read in a high school yearbook to Bill, the guy who always was there, drink in hand with a quick joke, thanks for being there, you know, the guys. You know, not the thing a business titan is made of. And Bill thinks he's going to run vast enterprises. What did he think he was going to run? You know, uh, uh, the Rockefeller 
foundation, the Rockefeller fortune or Andrew Carnegie's business. I don't think those, those um, you know, the Rockefellers or Andrew Carnegie, they weren't shaking in their boots about Bill, that's for sure. And, you know, when I was 22, that was 40 years ago, I'm 62, and I was newly employed at my first salaried job, and I barely knew how to run a bicycle. And I had plenty of experience, you know, I thought, just not none that was going to, you know, help me succeed. And, and in high school, I was a car accident waiting to happen, one every weekend for two months. And I got a special token of acknowledgement, Highway Menace, complete with a picture published in my yearbook, Me and Ricky Mann. And I graduated from college, in high school and college, but I left a lot of wreckage. You know, I was and in OA all this time, you know, going to meetings. And my arrogance and ego were completely unbounded. And not just when I was 22, right up until I was face down in the mud. You know, I skipped the knee part and just did a face plant right into the mud. And that's what it took for me to wake up and realize that I had to start at the beginning, not at the end. And, um, you know, when I did that, when I did what the book said, in the, the order that it says, just the way it says, I got better. And not only did I get better, I got better fast. And I got really better, like really better meaning I don't, the obsession to eat has been completely removed. I never think about food. I never cheat, slip, hide, lie, any of that. I don't do any of that. Um, my relationship with food is in the rearview mirror. I look at it every once in a while to make sure it's in good working order and I go on with the rest of my life. And today I love taking things step by step. You know, um, if, you, if I take the time to do things right, the end result is so much better. So um, I think we'll I'll pass with that. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, thanks, Nancy. Okay, next up we have Barbara followed by Belinda. Barbara, good morning. Thank you, Larry. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Happy Cinco de Mayo. You know what? Let's uh, hold. Hey, Barbara, hold on. Hold on. Um, we had another Barbara first. So we'll go a Barbara, oh. Barbara, Belinda. Yeah, that's oh, all right. We got. I, I should have mentioned the first initial. So the, the other Barbara, go ahead, and then, then we'll do Barbara number two. Okay. <laughs> good okay. okay, good morning. Thank you. And my name is Barbara G, and I'm calling from Paris, and uh, I'll be quick. I am extremely grateful for everything that I heard and for this paragraph because uh, I am having the chance this morning to reflect with you upon the the. the sense of self-worth of a compulsive reader and of the compulsive reader that I've always been. Because, yes, I did um, wanted, uh, um, uh, I had ambitions when I was in the disease, when I was a young adolescent, and I had dreams, and I had, yes, ambitions. The problem was I had no sense of self-worth whatsoever, and so Every time I lost myself into the drain dreaming and into the wanting to become and wanting to be, because I felt I was nothing in reality inside me. And that got a little bit, uh, uh, I, I got lost in that. It, um, it just, uh, um, I did not know what being right-sized was in uh, respect of my true value. And this is something that I, th there was no way for me to get out of that dilemma of feeling nothing and wanting to be something or someone. 
until I put the food down. Because compulsively overeating and trying to destroy myself is what has attacked and uh, um, contaminated and destroyed my sense of self-worth for first, before my parents uh, uh, being uh, dysfunctional, before my family being whatever. Uh, I have really um, had a huge part in um, affecting, having a very negative effect in my, for my self-worth. So that's why the moment I put the food down entirely, that was the real beginning for me of the construction of, of my self-worth. And why do I talk about self-worth? We're talking about ambition. It's because it's through the recognition of my self-worth that today I can look at my ambitions with compassion and understanding and right-size attitude. And uh, when I used to read this paragraph of Bill's story, I used to think about how ambitious I was when I was young and I felt ashamed. And today I don't feel that anymore. I feel like, okay, you have dreams. You're trying to, you know, to go towards those and let's see what God wants for you. Because as I heard before, I do know that I, my serenity really is in the here and now, whenever I am connected to God. And it, I could not know any of this if it wasn't for you. So thank you so much. And I'll pass. But- Thank you, Barbara G. So many Barbaras, so little time. <laughs> okay, let's go with the next Barbara, followed by Linda, or Belinda, rather. Hi, Barbara. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Sorry <laughs> about that, Luke. Um, okay. I jumped in too prematurely. Um, well, this is Barbara in New Jersey. And like Bill, I felt hopeless. I was one of those incapable of getting this program. The disease that surely was killing me, um, I couldn't stop. I went to the pay and way. I took the Optifast. I took every avenue I could think. And every time I lost the weight, like Bill, I felt I'd arrived. I even became a lecturer. But I had candy in my pockets. I couldn't keep the weight off. And I was lonely. I kept going back to the disease. I was unwilling to admit I couldn't do it on my own, but I couldn't. I was in a hole so deep like Bill. I was lonely. I was desperate. I was out of ideas. And then I heard about OA, but I hovered around the rooms of OA like a hummingbird, never landing continuing to drink the sweet nectar like the hummingbird did, and my disease got worse like Bill's. I was desperate. I was incapable of ever ever stopping. I was sure I was doomed. This disease would kill me. But like Bill, I found a program. I found the steps, the tools, the fellowship that I would need to get me out of that hole. But even though I was skeptical, I continued to land or I started to land and truly listen to what the people said. And I always wondered why they stuck Bill's story at the beginning of the book. But I understand, I'm just like Bill. I could not stay away from the alcoholic foods that were killing me and the foods that affected me, just like they affected Bill. And they made me feel important just for a moment, 
and became an exhilarating part of my life. But I failed at so many things that I had to get serious. I had to be desperate. I had to surrender. And that's what I did. And this program, the steps, the fellowship, and listening to the stories, reading them in the back of the book, and identifying in, not identifying out, was what saved me. Thank you. I pass. Oh, thanks so much, Barbara. Okay, next up, we have Belinda, followed by Loretta. Hey, Belinda, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for all the shares. I began a, a course of abstinence 12 days ago, and I've broken abstinence twice within those 12 days. And I keep um, coming back to this one portion in, in today's reading where it says, I imagined what placed me at the head of vast enterprises, which I would, uh, would manage with the utmost assurance. And what is lacking in my assurance is a willingness to finish the project that God has put in front of me. And so I have to get up, get my steps done, get my uh, meetings in, and continue the work. Uh, it's 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 for me. It's about being obedient and doing the next right thing, instead of always looking for how long am I going to get through this abstinence before I break it or have a mistake. And so, as far as being um, a, a leader and have a leader's mentality, I, I do have to make sure to get up, do the next right thing and commit to finishing the course in front of me. So with that, I pass. Thanks. Oh, thanks. You know, we're so glad you're here, uh, Belinda. Thanks so much. Loretta, you're next, followed by Carmela. Hi, Loretta. Good morning, Larry, and all the people on this line, along with my precious God who saved my life. I love the shares. I thought they were... I could identify into them, and I can surely identify into this. I did leave my home at 22, and I took a job that actually made me have a weight restriction. Wow, and I was going to be on the top of the world. In fact, I was on the top of the world because the job took me to the top of the world. And um, I never wanted to come back home. That's why I left home because of the chaos in my family. But um, I thought that was the answer. I thought if I could uh, do this, travel the world, you know, never too thin, never too rich, bah. Well, anyway, I have only, only had a life since I came into program 22, 21 years ago because I didn't know how to live and I didn't know how to eat. You know, it was always about trying to attain something and be somebody that I wasn't. And, of course, I was going to be unhappy. Of course, I wasn't going to be satisfied. And with God's grace and mercy, you know, I have surrendered today, seriously understanding real recovery entails not debating. I've stopped the debating society. And that's where I am giving gifts. You know, everything I've been given today is God-given. 
I, my eating is a privilege because I'm a compulsive overeater, but I'm also anorexic. So everything I've given is given by God, but I need to do the work to understand who Loretta is. You know, I also um, am a person that doesn't want to lose something, that doesn't want to be found out, and hopefully gets everything I want. Well, that is not the case. And I went through my life thinking that way. And today, even the sadness and even the pain, I've just gone through an experience that I should have had a V8 with because my, in another program sponsor says, do this one day at a time, just like you did your disease. And ever since she said that, I have been out of physical and mental pain. Oh, my God, it works when you work it. And so I'm so grateful for the program because today I have landed on a spiritual path that helps me solve all my problems. And I don't want to be somebody because the only person I want to be is the person that God wants me to be. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta. Okay, next up we have Carmela, followed by, I believe, Hope is what I wrote down. Carmela, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you for everyone on the line. My name is Carmela G, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today, thanks to my higher power that I call God. Um, Reading this brief paragraph reminded me of our friend in program and fellow who says, how do you identify? How do you feel what Bill feels? How do you, you, I become Bill because I truly identify in this situation with his ego, with his striving to prove he will be successful. And I never entered program until the latter years of my life. So I lived my life on my own self-will, always believing in a higher power, but thinking I was equal to that higher power. And when I went to get my degrees, I didn't just go for an education. No one was going to tell me that I wasn't smart enough. I was going to be smart enough. I was going to have the credentials behind my name to prove it. I was going to succeed. And it took this program and living in this program and doing the steps to reveal to me that everything that I had achieved was a gift, a gift from my higher power who had arranged it all and allowed me to absorb the knowledge, allowed me to have a wonderful career. And today, I am grateful and thank him every day for that entire planning of my life that got me to where I am today. And gratefully, it's retired and trying to be of maximum service to God, and to my fellows every single day. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Carmela. Okay, next up is Hope, followed by Linda, if I get those names down correctly. Hope? 
We need a little hope. Hi, I'm there Hope. There was a. Hi, hello. hello. Hi, I'm Hope B from um, California. Um, this paragraph that um, I know many people have commented on the um, imagine um, the leadership aspect of the paragraph, and I too felt like I was a leader, and that it would um, how he he talks about it. Um, he. Um, he would it would manage to get him to places with the utmost assurance. Um, I too felt like I was a leader. I felt like I was going to go places and and do things and and be miss important person. Um, that didn't happen in my life, which left me restless and irritable and discontent. You know because I didn't get the places that I thought I should be. I didn't climb the ladders that I thought I should climb. You know, so it caused me to eat like Bill drank, um, and it caused me to do things that I probably needed not to have done. Um, so this this kind of this life, you know, just caused me to eat and eat and eat and eat and get to a weight that I really needed not to be at. Um, I I ate like Bill like Bill drank. Um, you know, but I still have that aspiration of getting to great places and being a great person. Um, and I just have to allow my higher power, 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 how higher power to keep me at a level where I am submissive and, um, humble. And thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Hope. Okay, Linda, you're you're up. Good morning. Unless I unless I kind of created that one, I I I can do that. Was there a Linda? <clears throat> okay, perhaps not. Uh, so I will tell you where we're at before we take some new names. We're on page one in Bill's story. We read from the fourth paragraph, uh, twenty-two and veteran of foreign wars, that one paragraph only. we got time for a few more people. Who would like to share on what was read? Blanca VG. Oh, boy. Okay. All I got was I got Blanca and Karen. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Who else? Who is it? Lane may read C. Okay. Lee something my apologies let's let's go with this right now i heard i definitely heard Belanca. i heard karen sam and was it leah did i did i get that right no okay let's start with Belanca. we'll go to karen yeah whoever that was yeah i'm so sorry i just couldn't couldn't get it. Let's go with Belanca. We'll we'll make it out uh, to that last person that could come on. Belanca followed by Karen. Belanca, good morning. Belanca, go ahead and unmute yourself. Star one. Um, I'm sorry. Can I be heard? You can. You can. Thank you to everyone and to for Larry also for leading the meeting and everyone being here. Um, wow. I never thought a paragraph could could have so much meaning. It's, it's just these lines, you know. 
someone uh, earlier that spoke uh, said something about, you know, someone said to her, to her, oh, you're going to be a great leader. I remember being 16 years old and someone saying to me, uh, you know, the world is, is your oyster, Blanca. The world's going to be your oyster. And I, I think I was six, around 16, and I remember thinking, if only that were true. Even then, I was so full of, I knew that I, whatever good fortune was going to come my way, I was going to sabotage it. You know, and that's, that's, that's hard for me to look back and, and, and realize now, all these many, many, many years later, but I knew it. I was such a ball of shame and remorse and guilt and, you know, such a product of a dysfunctional home. And, and I, I just remember thinking that if only that were true, if only the world were going to be my oyster. And clearly, as the years went on, it was not. You know, I lived up to exactly that, um, sabotaging my opportunities, and there were many, um, <clears throat> hiding out in my disease in one way, in, in one way or another, physically or inside my own head. And the world uh, did not end up being my oyster. And um, fast forward, I've learned from OA that in order for me to to be able to live my life disease-free, I have to give up my past. You know, I don't go back there anymore. I literally have to, I have had to let my past go. Erase it, if you will, because, and that's the only way I've been able to, to move on in my life. And um, as a result of that, finding a new, a new beginning through this program. But uh, thank God for that, because uh, I was able to move from here forward. And... Um, on that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Belanca. I think Leah's going to put us through a hearing test as a requirement to, uh, to moderate. Karen, good morning, followed by Sam. Hi, Karen. Good morning. Good morning. This is Karen W., uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. And um, I do not identify in with, uh, uh, I fancied myself a leader. My all of my working years, I got all my self-confidence and all my uh, esteem from the jobs that I had because I always had good jobs and I was I was good at them. As far as relationships, though, I was never quite as good as you. And recovery is so much more to me than being abstinent and being in a healthy body weight. It's the relationships that have healed tremendous tremendously. Um, specifically in my family uh, of origin, um, I never felt as good as my siblings. So I put on, um, I would put them down. And, and I was told many times, you know, she's not better than I am. I'm not better than she is. We're just different. And I, that's happening now to know that, you know, we are, we are equal and and all of that, I think somebody just shared about letting the past go. 
and and it's it's like yeah that that doesn't even enter into into my life anymore you know i i had lunch with uh my older sister who i had the issues with i had the issues with her not she didn't and and we celebrated our birthdays together at lunch and, and it was just you know like we were just friends and it, it it's it's so it's amazing and i know how that happened it happened from working the steps and specifically making amends in step nine and um and yeah and and and, and then also the the lack of confidence even in sharing i'm not going to say anything that's going to help anybody i'm not going to say anything that's going to make any sense and maybe it won't make any sense but i but i have a voice and my higher power is pushing me and if I don't listen to him and do what he tells me to do, everything else that's wonderful and and um, and wonderful in my life is is going to slowly disappear, and and I don't want that to happen. So uh, thank you all for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Karen. Okay, Sam, step up to the mic. Good morning. Sam, press star one. You might have heard Shanna C. Um, that could be. Oh, no, I think I hear, heard a gentleman's voice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sam, uh, there was a Sam W as well. So I wasn't okay. sure it's Sam. Should I just go? It's you, okay. Sam. Yeah, you go ahead. All right. Thank you. I really enjoy this uh, particular paragraph. Um, my two issues are really uh, uh, gratitude and self-pity. Um, and what I find hopeful in it is that in the first part, we learned that Bill W. had real ability. He actually did. He was given a favor by his battery, and he was an actual leader. And so when I get into gratitude and think of what I can do, what, what have I actually been able to do, um, and I get to humility that way. Uh, humility is not just uh, feeling one way or another about myself. It's being balanced. I don't have to be all things to all people, but I do have to admit, what I can and actually be able to do. Um, so anyway, I get uh, great hope from Bill Stewart to that reason. Thank you, Okay, thanks so much, Sam, for your contribution. All right, I, this is where it got jumbled for me. Um, was there another Sam? Was there another person that was that I missed? If not, I'll call for more names here, more shares. Okay. I'm just going to then open it up. Who would like to share? We've got time for maybe uh, three Janice more. Pitt. So, Janice. Janice. Yeah. Okay, Shanna. Shanna C. Donna M. Shanna and Donna. Let's let's stop there. I got it's Murderer's Row. Janice. That's a baseball term. Janice. Shanna. Donna. All right, Janice. Good morning. Janice, go ahead and, and press star one, if you would. Hey, here I am. Sorry about that. There um, you yeah. are. Janice PM, grateful, compu recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Massachusetts. Well, you know, there's so much identification here with me, even the age, 21, 22. You know, um, of course, I wasn't a veteran of foreign wars, but... You know, I did fancy myself, and there's so much identification here with me. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it, this is Bill's story, and I'm going to be identifying with how he was. You see, 
um, because that's, this is what he's talking about. And it's very important to know his character and his personality uh, at this time. And yeah, he, he fancied himself a leader. Oh, did I do that? And what is that called? That's my pride. Pride is the leader of the pack when I have to, when I fall, when I fail. Too much pride, too much grandiosity, thinking that I'm really this big shot. And, um, you know, I fancied myself as a leader because when I was in high school, you know, I was the cheerleader, most popular, this sort of thing. So I had all these approvals, but I didn't like it. When I was a cheerleader, I, I was like afraid and I was like the biggest one to be a cheerleader. And I had so much uh, food in me, sugar and flour, because my, my parents were divorced and a wonderful stepfather, we owned a bakery. So, I mean, you know, oh boy, and I would get headaches galore from all this sugar and flour. But I had a drive for success. We got to watch this. I have to watch this with Bill. You're going to see how his disease progressed. Not only his drinking, but his character, his personality, uh, pride. I, I, I. Um, uh, as I said, my, my biological father owned a daycare center, a school. So when I got out of college, oh boy, I was the head of the school. And uh, that's probably the worst thing somebody could have right out of, high, you know, right out of college because now uh -huh, I'm ahead and I'm going to be the head of a vast enterprise because I'm going to open more schools, et cetera, et cetera. But it says here, he, you know, self self self-controlled, egotism, boy, those things really shout out at me. Um, myself, self-importance, uh, pride, ego, again, no humility. I did it all. I could, I, I would manage. I really thought that I could do all this and more. And, uh, you know, but I wasn't comfortable. I was afraid. So what would I do for ease and comfort? A gentle reminder? Um, yes, very gentle. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, with that, I will pass. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Janice. <laughs> I don't know how gentle I was, but I tried. Uh, okay, Shanna, you're up, followed by Donna. Hi, Shanna. Oh, Shannon. Good morning. Sorry, it takes a second for the phone to click over right. after I hit the button. Uh, this, uh, good morning, Shannon C. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. And, um, and when I say Recovered Compulsive Overeater, I, 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 I still almost, I mean, I'm in awe that I get to say that. Um, it's a miracle for my life. Um, and just quite simply, God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. Um, I, like many other people, and even people that aren't compulsive overeaters or whatever, I believe, maybe may have grown up. I mean, I was told from the time I was a kid, you know, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. You know, um, you can do whatever you want to do. It's up to you and da-da-da-da-da. And, of course, I had aspirations and dreams like Bill's talking about here. I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a kid that grows up that says, you know what, I think I want to grow up and become a compulsive overeater or alcoholic and burn my life to the ground. I don't think anybody does that. So my problem was is I did not know, and I did not know that I did not know. 
that um, I couldn't make those things happen. But God does have a plan for my life, and I didn't know it at the time. Um, and you know what? The thing, thing is, I can do the impossible, not through my willpower or or thinking or whatever, because I'm selfish and self-centered to the extreme at my core. I live in the extremes. I love the highs and the lows, you know, left to my own devices. But the thing is, is because of these steps and because of the ultimate deflation that had happened as a result of my disease and compulsive overeating, I came to believe that there is a God that wants to do for me what I can't do for myself. And this, these steps just give me the opportunity to see what I can't do for myself a little at a time. And it started with my food. Um, and the more I see I can't do for myself, the more I'm able to say, you know what, God can and will provide what I need when I stay close to the performance work well. I just got to follow these directions. And it turns out that the plan that my higher power has for me is very inspirational, you know. I never would have imagined being able to stick to the food plan and for my relationships to be repaired and to have, have some peace of mind and be able to sleep at night. And be able to do things I never thought I could ever do. Um, and I don't want to get into a bunch of frothy emotional appeal here, but truly, truly, um, these steps have worked and enabled me to actually have the life that I dreamed of. I just couldn't make it happen in my own power. But God can and will when he is sought. Thanks. That's all I have. Oh, uh, thanks so much. Oh, Donna. We had a girl in Donna. What's her name? Okay. <laughs> Donna, we're going to wrap up thanks with a so couple of minutes. Good morning. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, Larry. I'm Donna M. from Ontario, Canada. And I am grateful that today I'm recovered. And it's only through the grace of God um, that whenever I'm restless, irritable, and discontented today, I'm able to take it through the steps and able to see um, that my ego is blocking me. Uh, and I'm so, so grateful to see when ego steps into this. And I was reflecting recently on um, a time when my father was um, terminal and dying of cancer, and my sisters and I were all together in his house looking after him. And I'd been, I'd been back from um, being out of program for a few years and hardly had any periods of abstinence. Um, but during that time, I was abstinent, and I thought that um, you know, I was connected to God and, and doing step work, but I truly did not see. I was deluded. I truly did not see how ego was running the show that I wanted my family to think, oh, how self-sacrificing and, and what a great job she's doing. I was driven by self-will. And after my father died, I just, I, um, I just went back into a relapse. Um, and today I can, I, I can see that with clarity. Um, and thank God that um, self-will is not run riot today. And I'm grateful to be able to share on the line today. Thank you. Because recovery, putting down the food, having entire abstinence, working through the steps, and living in steps 11, 10, 11, and 12 today is, um, brings such 
peace and joy in my life. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Donna. What a great, <laughs> what a great way to wrap up. Okay, and, and incidentally, thank you to everyone who has participated today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study that's going to immediately follow our closing. Let me give you the share ID for today's meeting. That number is 18,925. That's 18925. We're now going to close from a reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that by the serenity prayer. And Abby S., will you do that for us? Yes. Hi. Good morning, Abby S. Recovered in Michigan. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.